Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today we're going to be talking about gatekeeping and its social and political ramifications. Now, if you're not familiar with the term gatekeeping, it's a pretty simple concept. The dictionary defines gatekeeping as the activity of controlling and usually limiting general access to something. Basically, gatekeeping is exactly what it sounds like it would be. You're keeping the gate, preventing people from entering into whatever it is that you're gatekeeping. I find that gatekeeping is a concept that is coming up more and more recently, and I also think it's worth pointing out that usually when people talk about gatekeeping, they're referring to things that don't actually need to be gatekept if that makes sense. For example, video games are one area where gatekeeping is brought up a lot because video games should be for everyone or whoever wants to play them. However, you don't really hear people talk about gatekeeping as much when it comes to something like, I don't know, the medical profession. Can you believe that guy thinks he's more of a doctor than I am just because I don't have a degree and he works at a hospital? Ugh, such gatekeeping. Yeah, people don't really say stuff like that, and for good reason. Culturally, discussing gatekeeping doesn't mean that there should be no barriers to entry at all for anything. Instead, it's usually brought up as a way to point out that people are being exclusionary about things when there's really no need to be. For some examples of this, let's head over to Reddit and good old r slash gatekeeping. Sad Freddie Mercury. Liking Queen because you saw the Bohemian Rhapsody movie. Happy Freddie Mercury. Liking Queen because they were a great band and deserve the love. Fandoms, whether it's for video games, music, books, or movies, are notorious notorious for gatekeeping. Some fans like to set standards that they think other people should have to meet in order to actually call themselves fans. Which I know sounds petty and pointless, but this is, this is the internet. That's, that's what we got. Some fans say that to be a real fan, you need to know at least this much about the thing you're claiming to be a fan of. Some fans will also say that you're not really a fan if you only became a fan of that thing after it became mainstream. Those people are my favorites. And some fans will say that in order to call yourself a fan, you need at least a certain level of skill in a particular area. And this is especially true when it comes to things like video games and music. Gatekeeping fandoms is not a positive thing because not only is it just plain annoying, but it can also get so bad that at a certain point, people are actually put off of enjoying this thing because the people surrounding it are so negative. One fandom in particular that has gotten a lot of attention for this type of behavior is, uh, the Rick and Morty fandom. All these so-called Rick and Morty fans aren't true. If you were a true fan of Rick and Morty, you'd be expanding your brain with sciences like physics and quantum theory, not wearing pickle shirts raging about some nasty sauce. Ah yes, you cannot call yourself a true fan of a cartoon show about a scientist unless you also take it upon yourself to actually become a scientist. Silly me. I guess I've just been watching and enjoying Rick and Morty wrong this whole time. For instance, smelter workers be like, so I hear it was real hot in San Antonio? I can't even imagine. Yeah, so we're, we're gatekeeping just heat now and temperature. Oh, what's that? You think it's hot outside? You actually think 120 degrees is hot? Well, I've walked on the surface of the sun itself, so you can shut up. I mean, I'm sure being a smelter worker would be hot, yeah, but I like, outside <laughs> can still be hot too. Water drinkers, cold or room temperature? No one who actually drinks water prefers cold. I am so sick and tired of these 
casual water drinkers. Okay, these people who think that just because they have a glass here or there, that they actually get to call themselves water drinkers. Okay, do you know what it actually takes to be a water drinker? Okay, I wake up every morning. It's not, none of this OJBS, none of this milk shenanigans. Okay, no, it's water in my glass 10 out of 10 times, and if that's not you, I'm, I'm just not interested in hearing it, okay? So that's just a little taste of what gatekeeping can look like in the real world, and yes, it is cringy, but it's usually pretty harmless, right? I mean, a few douchebags gatekeeping their random hobbies on the internet is not the end of the world. Usually that is the case, but what I've noticed more and more is that gatekeeping seems to be permeating media and politics. And in these spheres specifically, I think gatekeeping has the potential to be especially and excuse me for using this term, but problematic. Specifically, allow me to introduce you to the tale of Blood Air and Amelie Zhao. Amelie Zhao is an author who was born in China and moved to the US as a teenager. In 2018, she signed a deal with a publisher to release her book Blood Air, which was a retelling of the Russian story of Anastasia. However, just several months before the book was supposed to be published, the author herself ended up canceling it. Why, you may ask? Well, to make a long story short, and it is a long story, the book, which takes place in a fantasy world, contains elements and themes of slavery, and Zhao isn't black, nor does her book deal with racial overtones. As Jesse Single writes on the issue, quote, L.L. McKinney, a YA author who recently published her own debut novel, highlighted for her Twitter followers the fact that one of Blood Air's blurbs read, in part, in a world where the princess is the monster, oppression is blind to skin color, and good and evil exist in shades of gray, Kinney tweeted, someone explain this to me. Explain it right the F now. I don't give a good goddamn that this is an author of color. Internalized racism and anti-blackness is a thing, and I know. The argument, Single concluded, such as it is, appears to be that because in our world, oppression isn't blind to skin color, to write about a fantasy world in which it is, is an act of anti-blackness. Single also details how another critic of the book wrote, quote, racist-ass writers like Amelie Wen Zhao, who literally take black narratives and force it into Russia when that crap never happened in history, you're going to be held accountable. Period. Single does note in his article that no, actually slavery did happen in Russia and it also happened in China where Zhao is from. But in any case, all of that criticism was from early reviews of the book and the outcry ended up getting so bad that Zhao actually said, screw it, it's canceled. Essentially what these gatekeeping critics were trying to do was decide who can and cannot write about slavery and the ways that slavery can or cannot be portrayed in literature. That's insane. Because of these moral busybodies, the world has missed out on the opportunity to read what seemed like an awesome book. And a similar conversation of creative gatekeeping has surrounded singer Bruno Mars for quite a while. If there's one thing I cannot stand, it's gatekeeping music. Music should be for everybody. Bruno Mars is one singing, dancing, finessing fool. But is he appropriate? A renowned musician has um, reduced Mars to karaoke. He's a wedding singer. He's the person you hire to do Michael Jackson and Prince covers. Yet Bruno Mars has an album of the year Grammy and Prince never won. His teeny tiny stature and racially ambiguous looks make him uniquely unthreatening. This has helped him to get ahead. And he got this opportunity in part because he is racially ambiguous. Dude is essentially benefiting from a system that has taken black music and traditions and had a non-black person perform said music and made bank. 
Music is supposed to bring people together, not segregate them. And I honestly don't understand how you can consider yourself a progressive person while simultaneously saying you must be at least this dark to sing this song. Oh, and actors, you didn't think you escaped the progressive gatekeeping, did you? As this individual wrote, I need an illegal link to watch Rocketman because we don't support straight actors portraying queer icons. I mean, heaven forbid an actor would have to act gay to play a certain role. Oh, and by the way, we're also gatekeeping blackness now. Yeah. I've mentioned this story previously in my video about Hollywood diversity. Or was it my video about colorism? I don't know, maybe both. In any case, quote, Deadline Hollywood is reporting that Will Smith is set to play Richard Williams, the father of tennis stars Serena and Venus Williams in an upcoming film. The news was met with mixed reactions, with some people questioning the decision for Smith to play a darker-skinned man. If you're gatekeeping blackness down to an actor's specific shade of black, you're not a film enthusiast, you are a race enthusiast. And that's really what's so frustrating to me about all of this gatekeeping surrounding music, film, and books. People aren't gatekeeping creators so that their content is held to a certain level of quality. They're gatekeeping creators so that their content passes a certain level of ideological purity. And yes, obviously art can be useful for communicating certain ideas about ideologies, but you don't get to decide how, when, and if that happens. You have no right to tell someone what they can or cannot write about, what they can or cannot sing, or who they can or cannot portray. If you don't like it, fine. You don't have to listen to it, buy it, read it, whatever. But it being made should not be this much of an insult to you. And this brings us to the issue of politics, where the gatekeeping gets even spicier. While gatekeeping in the media currently serves the purpose of trying to prevent people from doing certain things, like writing certain books or making certain music, Political gatekeeping, on the other hand, usually tries to force people into ideological conformity. So instead of saying, hey, you can't participate in this, it's more like, hey, you have to think like I do, which are similar concepts, but kind of different. Some of the best examples of political ideological gatekeeping come from feminism. For example, did you know feminism without intersectionality is just white supremacy? You heard it here first, folks. The only thing standing between white supremacy and feminism is intersectionality, okay? With, with, with this gone, these two things, the same. They're the same. And similarly, according to this individual, your feminism is BS if it is not against racism, speciesism, fascism, transphobia, homophobia, intersexphobia, biphobia, panphobia, Islamophobia, xenophobia, ableism, fatphobia, aero exclusion, I don't even know what that is, ace exclusion, trans misogyny, slash misogyny, cis sexism, ageism, hate speech, discrimination, violence of any sort. I love how you're not actually a feminist if you stand against Islam and Islam's ability to subjugate women based on their gender. Here we can see that radical feminists are trying to tell their more, I guess, moderate counterparts that unless they swallow the intersectionality pill, then they're not really even feminists. They're saying, oh, well, if you actually cared about women, you would also care about all of these other things too. Gatekeeping feminism so hard that people like Susan B. Anthony would not qualify as feminists. You gotta love it. And I will say here that there is an interesting relationship between veganism and feminism going on right now. As PETA posted to its 
infamous Twitter account, PETA is reminding the progressive Oregon City that you can't be a feminist if you eat eggs. Hens' reproductive systems have been manipulated to produce unnatural amounts of eggs. Once their bodies are no longer useful, they're slaughtered. Face it, you can't claim to be a feminist and still eat eggs. Wait a second, PETA, are you claiming that only females produce milk and eggs? That's not very intersectional of you. If you claim to be a feminist and you are not a vegan, you are nothing but a hypocrite. They are tied to racks against their will, raped, artificially inseminated by farmers, sodomized. Sodomized? Why? Why would they be sodomized? I don't agree with it, but I at least understand why they say raped, right? Because we breed farm animals, but. The sodomy, maybe the farm animals have been reading too much Teen Vogue. And additionally, we also have the weird way that people think it's okay to gatekeep things like race and sexuality when it comes to politicians. Like how people wondered whether Obama was black enough, or more recently whether Pete Buttigieg is gay enough. And it's kind of funny because questions of whether people are gay or black enough usually only come up when people fail to act in what are arguably stereotypical ways. Yes, Obama may be racially and genetically African-American, but he doesn't really speak in abonics, so is he black enough? I'm, I'm, I'm very progressive for bringing up these questions. Sure, people like Dave Rubin and Pete Buttigieg may be married to other men, but I mean, look at their social media profiles. No rainbow flags. No assless chaps. No tips on interior design. They're pretty much straight. It's not up to you to decide who is black enough or gay enough based on how they behave. Those are my thoughts on gatekeeping, and as always, I would love to know what you guys think about this. Is it just me, or has gatekeeping in politics been getting worse lately, and if so, what is causing that? Let me know, but that's it for now. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.